Welcome back to the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life radio podcast and television show. You are listening to Transformation Fridays with Coach Myrna. And today I want to talk on the topic of relationships and why criticism kills marriages, right? So um, the reason I bring, bring this up is because you know, we can be um, inspired wives and we can, you know, there is a skill to having a good relationship. And it's always good to get advice because relationships are always work in progress. And two people will always have some kind of conflict because they're totally different people. So, um, uh, one of the main things that kills relationships um, is criticism. And in this episode, I want to share with you some of the research that's been done on this topic. Now, we all know that the number one thing that men want is respect in a relationship. And women are emotional creatures So we need love and affection. You need to water us and you need to give us affection and you need to care for us, right? That's what we basically need. So so right off the bat, if we say that um, if a man wants to improve his marital relationship, he needs to show his wife love and affection. And if a woman wants to improve her marriage, then she must show respect, right? So where does criticism fit in and why am I saying that it kills marriages? And I'm saying that for a couple of reasons. And one is that you're probably saying to yourself that this is some messed up advice, right? <laughs> and um, you may not, have, you might've heard this before, but I'm gonna expand on it and our time together today. And by the way, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for supporting the show and supporting my work. And I appreciate you being here. I absolutely love imparting on you, um, to you on a one-to-one basis every week. All right. So here's my reason for saying that. Studies show that no one ever does anything they feel is wrong. So it does you no good to point it out. You know, and one of my favorite shows is The Big Bang Theory. And I love it when, uh, you know, um, uh, Sheldon's mom told him this. She told him, hey, you know, it's okay to be smarter than other people, but don't go around pointing it out. (laughs) So when I say that, don't point it out, that's exactly the picture that I'm having in my head. So yeah, don't go around pointing it out. And the verb in the sentence is, um, uh, you know, nobody feels that they ever do anything that it's wrong. So put another way, what we perceive is our reality. So 99.9% of men and women can justify to themselves or anyone who would listen, any action or non-action they have taken. So let me paint and start off with a story, a story that shows this clearly in black and white, in all the color of justification of wrongdoing. 
So on May 7th, 1931, New York City witnessed the most sensational manhunt the city had ever known to this point. After weeks on the run, two-gun Crowley, the killer, was trapped in an apartment on West End Avenue. 150 police officers and detectives laid siege to this top floor hideaway. And for hours, the residential sections reverberated with rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat of gunfire from the police and two-gun Crowley. While Crowley lay bleeding from his gunshot wounds, he penned a note that read, to whom it may concern, under my coat is a weary heart, but a kind one, one that would do nobody no harm. Now, if you've never heard this story before, you may be thinking that the police had the wrong man. But no, Crowley was the same man who was necking with his girl on a country road on Long Island when a police officer walked up to the parked car and asked him to show his license. Without saying a word, Crowley drew his gun and cut the police officer down with a shower of bullets. As the officer lay dying on the ground, he jumped out of the car, grabbed the officer's gun, and fired another round of bullets into the prostrate body. This was the killer who wrote, under my coat is a weary but kind heart, one that would do nobody no harm. So why do you think that people feel that they've done nothing wrong when they're clearly has done something wrong? You know, but it's it we see ourselves differently from others. In fact, whenever they ask you to do any kind of self-analysis, they always tell you to ask other people. Because you either, you know, overinflate, you know, your qualities or under undersee them. You're never usually right on the nose because we see ourselves differently from others see us. Now, this is an extreme story, but I have experienced many people in my life like Crowley, and I'm sure you have too. You know, from kids who steal without a conscience to spouses who cheat, to murderers who kill, nobody feels they've done anything wrong. So according to Mary, don't go, don't bother pointing it out to them, expecting them to feel guilty. And this goes a long way to improve our marital relationships in any relationship because nobody likes to be criticized. But we're specifically talking today about marital relationships. So that's gonna be my focus. And even if you get someone of them to admit their wrongdoing, someone always made them do it. They find ways to justify their actions. <laughs> and this phenomenon is glaringly evident on debt row. Most of the prisoners in debt row feel that they have been victimized regardless of how heinous the crime. They're all innocent. I was just watching one of my favorite movies, um, uh, you know, Escape from Alcatraz the other day. And um, of course, you know, the, the, the main person in there um, was um, Andy, I think his name was in the movie, um, uh, came in there saying he was innocent, but he didn't, <laughs> that he didn't kill his wife. And the joke was, don't you know that we're all innocent in here? Yeah, it's, it's great. You can never tell who's innocent and who's not because everybody proclaims to be innocent. So the number one thing women because this is who I'm talking to today, 
can do to improve their relationships is don't criticize. Criticism does no good. It does nothing. Criticism is futile because it puts a man on the defensive, wounds his pride, hurts his sense of importance, and arouses his resentment. So don't bother. Instead, make yourself perfect because the only person that you can change is you. Now, Jesus um, taught us this in the Bible when he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Because no one is perfect. So when you go about criticizing your man, you know, he might be one of these nice men that don't want to criticize you, but he got some things that he can say if he wanted to, because we are not perfect. You know, there's something that somebody can criticize us on and we don't like it when people criticize us, at least I don't, right? So that's not to say though, that your brother has no speck or has done no wrong, or in this case, your husband, but we are only responsible for what we do. We have no power, and I mean none, to control others. And criticism does nothing to improve marital relationships and nothing to change behavior. In fact, some of them hunker down and decide that they will not be, you know, woman handled or what, and just decide not to change. And if you maybe not to said anything, maybe the behavior might have changed on its own. So let's dissect criticism. What exactly is it, right? And how is it different from voicing a complaint, right? So couples often have a difficult time distinguishing between criticism and voicing a complaint. But criticism can have devastating effects because it makes the victim feel assaulted, rejected, and hurt. Couples fear that if they agree to stop criticism, they wouldn't be able to have a conversation about failed arguments or promises. For example, let's look at one of the most popular ones. Your partner throws his or her clothes and towels on the floor instead of putting them in a hamper. I don't know why men do that. They take their clothes off and it goes on the floor and then they pick it up and put it back on. I don't get it, but you know, this is a disease of a lot of men, including my husband. If you attack your partner by saying, why are you so nasty? Why are you so messy? You have this place in a mess. You never clean up after yourself. That is criticism. Instead, you can say something like, I would really appreciate it if you would put your clothes in the hamper. I love living in a clean, tidy house. Now, this is voicing a complaint. You're not attacking them. You're saying how you would like something. Criticism is an attack on your partner's character. Calling your partner nasty or pointing out negative personality flaws is criticism because you're criticizing your partner as a whole person. In contrast, if you voice a complaint and focus on a specific action or behavior and ask for a different action or behavior, then this is different from criticism. Let's look at another example from the woman now, right? Women are always complaining about quality time and getting no affection from their man. I raise my hand here. You know, I'm always saying, hey, you know what? 
when are we going to talk? When are we going to sit down and, and just talk and just have quality time, right? Because I love to talk. <laughs> um, so if you say something like, you are not marriage material, you don't know how to love a woman, that is criticism. But if you say instead, I love your arms around me, I could really use a hug. That is saying the same thing in a different way, right? So when I say don't criticize, I don't mean to become a deaf mute. <laughs> you know, it's always better to communicate how you feel. All right, so let's move on to intimacy. One of the reasons that criticism affects your marital relationship is that it kills intimacy. You know, one might think that the last person we want to say hurtful things to would be our marriage partner, the one that we profess to love. But when we criticize, it affects intimacy because the wounded partner wants nothing to do with you. We are hardwired to focus on the negative aspects instead of the positive aspects of our partner. We would put all our focus on the clothes on the floor and the filthy bathroom sink, but not on the fact that our husbands worked a full week, paid all the bills, and rubbed their feet when we complained that our feet was hurting. And this is called a negative bias. Our brain is built to automatically place more weight on unpleasant news or nastiness. That is why the news is so negative. They sell more papers. They get more ratings when they lead off with doom and gloom and all the nasty things that's been happening in the world. And that's why they say you should never listen to the news because it just brings all the negativity into your experience. And I'm one of them. I don't watch the news, you know. Um, uh, you know, so a negative bias kicks in automatically at the earliest stages of processing information. As a result, our attitudes are more heavily influenced by downbeat news than good news. That is why constant criticism by a spouse tips the balance of a relationship from mundane to miserable. <laughs> Right, and we see this in the Bible. The Bible says it is better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Let me explain that clearly, that it's better to live on a roof, <laughs> a corner of a roof, than inside the house with a nagging wife. And most husbands experiencing this situation would agree. They hate a nag, they hate criticism. So let's say that you are the person that's being criticized, right? Not the one doing it, you are doing the receiving end of it. So how do you su survive constant criticism in a marital relationship? So these are some of the ways that people do it. Right, you know, they adapt because that's what we do. We're adaptable people. We don't always pack up and leave, you know, we endure. So once you endure, you find ways to buffer yourself from it. So these are a few of the survival tactics. The first one is self-protection. If the woman is critical, then the man goes into his man cave. 
It could be a physical room or he withdraws and stops communication, period, right? If the man is the critical one, the woman also withdraws and her self-esteem is deflated. Some develop an intensely defensive personality to shield themselves from the harsh lash of the critical partner. Others hide their authentic self as a protective mechanism, letting out only the part stamped, partner approved. They become a pleaser. They may feel the need to shrink their personality to avoid criticism, which can result in a loss of self, right? You are, if you're being criticized or you are being abused in any way, then what do you do? You do things to make sure that you don't get on this person's bad side. And that's basically what they're talking, self-protection and your kids too, right? Distancing. To fend off criticism in a marital relationship, a partner surrounds himself with a safe buffer zone, which he responds politely as if from afar. You know, friends, work, children, exercise, social media, television, books, and newspapers can serve as a buffer. We all know the spouse who's never home, always finding something to do outside the home. This is called distancing. So if you're seeing this kind of behavior, maybe check to see why the person is distancing themselves from you. Withdrawal. A criticized partner withdraws and becomes emotionally unavailable. He, he or she preserves the self by building a wall to keep the critical partner away. <coughs> he or she refuses to engage or react when criticized. Instead, he or she takes it and most likely adds another brick in the wall of resentment every time they're attacked, belittled, or berated. Yep, it keeps building up. The wall keeps getting thicker and thicker and thicker. Sooner or later, you need a bulldozer to break it down. Substance abuse, very, very common. Another common reaction to criticism in a marital relationship or anything that's upsetting you is substance abuse. These are the people that to survive emotionally, the partner numbs the pain of engaging with his partner with some kind of substance and coping mechanism, whether it's drinking, whether it's smoking, whether it's, you know, um, 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 sex, you know, outside the marriage, whatever they are doing to self-medicate. And um, uh, so that leads, of course, to further deterioration of the marital relationship and develop a host of other serious problems. You can start dealing with addiction of some sort, or you get into something, you know, outside the marriage and you can't get out of it, you know, hey, <laughs> that happens. So, if you feel the impulse to criticize, here are a few tips to stop yourself. Number one, breathe. Count to 10. Bite your tongue. Wear a rubber band around your wrist and snap it each time you feel the impulse to criticize because it will come. It will come. I mean, you're going to walk by something and it's going to bug you so much that you're going to have to you know, physically restrain yourself from saying something, right? But you need to do whatever it takes to stop finding fault, belittling, reproaching, nitpicking, cutting down, or chastising your partner. Decide the kind of person you want to be 
and how you want to show up in your relationship. Work at accepting your partner, even his annoying traits, harmless bad habits, quirks, and idiosyncrasies. Resign yourself to the fact that you will not change your partner. I repeat, criticism will not change your partner. So I said that criticism can affect a relationship in a lot of ways. One is it kills intimacy. But there's actually some research that talks about the full effects of criticism on relationships. And this is a story that um, has been told by um, Dr. Um, Julie Gottman and um, their therapist that had the um, love labs. So she's telling a story of one of the clients that came in to see her about her relationship. And she said that <clears throat> um, uh, this woman was simply the world's greatest criticizer. That she had to admit that she was in awe of her absolute hardcore ability to criticize. And she was thinking, wow, this lady can win some kind of award. She's amazing. Her husband was a pot smoker and there was nothing good she can say about him from the way he chewed his food to his driving or the way he snored at night. I challenged her to change her criticism to requests. And in time, she became one of the world's greatest requesters. For example, one Mother's Day, instead of criticizing her husband that he was not doing anything for her and he wasn't maybe um, wasn't honoring her as a mother or all the things that we can complain about and criticize about, she decided to give him a wish list. You know, state what you want. You know, sometimes you will get it. And it started something like this. Dear husband, if you would like to have an immensely happy wife this Mother's Day, you can do so by getting me one of the following. And she listed about eight items with a checkbox next to the items she desired. Much to her surprise, she received several things off the list, not just one. She was promptly rewarded by her husband telling um, him how happy she was and she gave him a huge heartfelt hug. Her husband began to learn that he can actually make his wife happy. <laughs> this took a long time because he had come to believe that there was nothing he could do or say to please her. And that's what happens when you become the critical partner. Your partner keeps saying, I can never please this woman or I can never please this man. Everything she does, everything I do, she criticizes, right? So what happened with this marriage? In spite of the fact that she had become an excellent requester, her husband would not give up his pot, which was her biggest pet peeve, and she really struggled to stay married to him. She was lonely because I said criticism affects intimacy, and the kids also suffered because the kids had an absent father. After much debate and prayer, she decided to stay. She decided to love this man with his addiction acceptance, you know, if it's something that you can accept, accept it, right? Years later, her husband's heart was won over to Christ and he stopped smoking pot. The world's greatest criticizer became the world's most grateful wife. That is why you must give it to God because only God can change man.
right? So that's basically what I wanted to talk to you about today. And I'm hoping that I was able to give you some concrete proof about why criticism is bad. So instead of criticizing, state your needs, you know? I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to write my husband a note and tell him about the things that I, I called them my grievances. And none of them was a criticism, is just stating what I want or what I think that I should have in a relationship. So you become a requester, right? So yeah, once you're requesting and you're saying how you feel, then you're not criticizing the other person. So voice your complaint by stating how it affects you and do not assassinate the character of the other person. Your husband, your children, your subordinates at work, <clears throat> your friends, nobody likes to be criticized. So I wanna thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Transformation Fridays. I hope that I was able to give you a sneak peek into um, uh, some problems that maybe you might be having in relationships. And maybe if you're a criticizer, you will decide to make that change. I appreciate your time and thank you so much for giving me your time and spending this time with me. So thanks again for tuning in to Transformation Friday. I hope to see you right back here next week, same time. Until then, namaste.